If I can have my two awesome helpers, got Liam and Sonny, if you guys can bring up the podium. Everyone look to your neighbor and say, who is Jesus? And now answer that other neighbor that just asked you that. So don't, don't answer the neighbor that asked you. Just answer the neighbor that didn't ask you who Jesus is. You get that? All right, now answer the person who asked you who Jesus is. And then, Lucas, why don't you tell Daniel in the back who Jesus is? Because you don't have a neighbor. Say, oh, Daniel. Poor Daniel. Anyway, everyone, who is Jesus? Everybody, elevate. Elevate. So this is an important question. Who is Jesus, right? Uh, if we can get that slide up, who is Jesus? Let's just ponder on this question for a little bit, right? Who is Jesus? ¿Quién es Jesús Cristo? Who is Jesus Christ? Now, this is a question that many people have asked throughout all of history, okay? And this is a question that many people ask even now today. When Jesus was getting his disciples together, he actually asked his disciples that. He said, Peter, who do, you, uh, who do people say I am? Asking the disciples. The disi- and then everyone was saying, oh, people say you're, you're John. People say you're Elijah. People say you're this guy. You're that guy. You're the prophet. You're the priest. You're all these things, right? And now here's the thing. Jesus then says, okay, well, those are what, that's what people say I am. Who do you say I am? And see, this is what Jesus is saying to everyone right now in the church. Who do you say I am? Right? Who do you say I am? This is the most important question. Matter of fact, C.S. Lewis, this one guy who wrote the book of uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, right? He, he, had, he proposes this question, right? Jesus is either Lord, he's either liar, or he's either lunatic, Okay, I know that's like, well, those are three random things because those are, it's important, right? Jesus makes some crazy claims, some insane claims. They're so insane, maybe he was insane. Maybe he was crazy. Maybe he didn't have a grip on reality. That's the question that's being proposed. Or maybe Jesus just lied. Maybe he was just lying through his teeth. Anybody know any liars in this room? Like, I had one friend, but he, he, uh, he used to get hit as a kid, which is not funny. But he used to say that he got attacked by a tiger, and that's why he had scratches in his head. And I believed him 100%. And I would tell people, I'm like, man, I got a friend who survived a tiger attack. But he was, just, he was just lying through his teeth. Or is he Lord? Is he who he said he was, which is Lord? Right? So these are things that we got to really consider, right? I don't believe Jesus was a lunatic. I mean, think about the things that he said. Would a lunatic say, love your neighbor as yourself? Would a, would a lunatic say, uh, uh, give, uh, blessed are the poor, uh, blessed are those who are persecuted, blessed are the meek? Would he ever say that it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? I mean, that's not what, usually what, what people say. Usually, right, when you think about lunatics, like these cult leaders, they're only in it for three things, women, money, and power. That's what they're in it. But Jesus, he, he lost all his power on the cross. And Jesus was not sleeping with women. He wasn't doing that. And then Jesus wasn't even charging people for healing or any of that stuff. So he wasn't in it for what most cult leaders are in it for. So he couldn't be a lunatic. But then also Jesus wasn't, was he, was he really a liar? Well, let's think about it. What did Jesus have to gain for lying? I mean, Think about it. He was a Jew, a Jewish person. And yet, who's the pe- who are the people that killed him? The Jews. His, his propo- supposed lie cost him his whole culture, cost him his whole religion, cost him the whole tradition. Everyone that was once supporting him is now turned against him. Even his best friends left him. Wow, why would you lie to lose? So think about that. He didn't have anything to gain from being a lunatic, right? He didn't really seem like a lunatic. He didn't have anything to gain from being a liar. Man, we really are left with this third option. He must be Lord. So that's, that's, that's something we have to really consider. Now, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? Can we go to the slide where it says Jesus is Lord? Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. This is a very important thing. When people were saying Jesus is Lord back then, what were they really saying? What were they really saying? Well, they were saying something very political, okay? 
Uh, because they're saying, in a sense, Jesus is king. Jesus is God. In the gospel accounts, Jesus is reported as Lord. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, right, says that uh, John the Baptist was preparing the way for the Lord. He was a, a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for the Lord. Now, here's the thing. It, it's not talking about landlord. It's not talking about Lord of the Flies. It's not talking about Lord Farquaad. Right? No, it's talking about Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. That's the name of God, Lord, all caps. Jesus is the God, the Lord, in the Old Testament according to the Gospel of Mark. Then according to Jesus himself, he quotes himself in Matthew chapter 22, uh, 20, uh, 24. We'll actually go there. Matthew chapter 22, verse 24. Matthew 22, 24 if you're in your Bibles. In Matthew 22, 24, he says, uh, if a man dies without having children, oh, that's actually the wrong verse. Forgive me. That's the wrong verse. Um, let's just not go to that verse. But in the book of Matthew, chapter, sorry, I meant chapter 28. Yes, the Great Commission. Go to Matthew chapter 28. It's when preachers do this, it's, uh, it's a hard thing. It's, it's like the, the most embarrassing thing. But it happens, it happens. Everybody say it happens. So Matthew chapter 28, right, he, uh, he says, all authority has been given to me, right? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Who has authority on heaven and earth? God, right? Lord, right? Lord. The Lord has authority on heaven and uh, all authority in heaven and on earth. So Jesus is essentially calling himself Lord. Then also the apostles, they believed him to be Lord. So the people that were closest to him, they believed him to be Lord. This is very important, right? If you want to know what, pre- what people really think you are or who they think you are, ask your closest friends that are nearest to you, that spend the most time about you. You may think you're a good person. You may think you're a nice person. You may think you're funny, right? But let me just ask your friends what they think. And they'll tell me whether you're funny or not, right? So Jesus, his closest friends, right, they considered him Lord. In Romans chapter 10, 9, right, this is Paul speaking. Paul was not one of the original disciples, but he was an apostle. Romans chapter 10, 9, it tells us that we have to call on the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. It says right here, that because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we have to believe that Jesus is Lord just to be saved. So we have to understand that. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. These are what the apostles believe. So Jesus has to be Lord according to this. Now, here's the, here's the dilemma that gets into something that we already talked about, which is the Trinity. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. We're going to be a little bit all over the place, then we're going to settle on a couple verses. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Do we have any candy today? Any candy? Awesome. Let's get some candy up in here, okay? Let's ask, let's ask some questions. Let's get y'all thinking. Let's get you guys awake. Let's get y'all up and about, all right? All right. Oh, man, that's some, some re- Oh, I have to take one. No, I'm just kidding. I want to. I'm not going to lie. All right, so wait, take that verse off for just one second. Take it off, take it off, take it off. Take it off, Oscar. Never mind, they saw it. It's okay. It's all right. Let me ask you this, right? Is the Lord one or is the Lord three? Yeah, raise your hand. Let's go with Mr. Brewer. Three and one. No, I, I, I said, is the Lord one or is the Lord three? All right. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with Nathan. Three. Nope. Um, let's go with Bree. One. Yes, the Lord is one. Okay. All right. So let's go to, now let's go to Deuteronomy. Is uh, Logos not working right now? All right. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Okay, we're all going to say this together. So there was a time when every Jew, 
Every Jewish person, right? All these people, right? Because Oli is Jewish, right? A long time ago, they would, in the morning, they would recite this, okay? Everyone on the count of three, we're going to recite this. Ready? One, two, three. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, read the next verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And we'll pause right there. So, they used to say that. So, it says a lot of times, hear, O Lord, uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, right? It says that a lot of times in the Bible, the Lord is one. Now, here's the thing, right? We learn that Jesus is Lord, right? But the Father is Lord, right? But then the Holy Spirit is Lord, right? But yet, the Lord is one, right? So, here's the thing. That's where we go to the Trinity. Can we get the, uh, the diagram? We talked about the Trinity before, but I want to break it down a little bit more because I want you guys to get it, and I want you guys to hear it as much as you can. So, yes, all right. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father, etc. Now, this is how I say it, okay? What is God? Right? Well, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Now, who is the Father? God. Who is the Son? God. Who is the Spirit? God. So, when I think about the Trinity, I think about one what? Because what are you? But then if I asked who are you, you would say your, your name, right? Now, you wouldn't say what are you, and I'm like, I'm a Damien, right? You're not a, a Damien's not a, sec, a, a, a subspecies, right? That's not what we believe. I would have been like, what are you? I'm a Lydia, right? No, no, you're, you're a human, right? So, what is Jesus? Well, Jesus is God. He's made out of the same stuff, the same nature as the Father is made out of, right? So if I was to, AJ and D- Damien, if I was to compare DNA, it wasn't like, it's not like AJ is like part, like alien, right? And, and like he's a, he's a different type of person. No, they would both be human, right? And if we were to see Jesus, right, and, and see what he was made out of, yes, he was fully man, but he was fully God. Right? So he's Lord. Now, that's how I look at it. The, whole, the Trinity is one what and three who's. Okay? One what and three who's. Not three what's, not three gods and one who, all mas- masquerading as each other, but it's one what, three who's. That's how I look at it. Now, here's the thing. For, for a candy, okay, I want to see if I can... Maybe I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose some stuff, and if you guys get it, right, if you guys notice, like, some bad teaching, right, I want to see if you guys catch it, or if you think it's good teaching, right, we're going to see, you'll get a candy, okay? All right, so here, I'm going to explain kind of who Jesus is, okay? So Jesus is half God and half man. Is that true, yes or no? If it's true, raise your hand. If, I'm, if what I said is right, raise your hand. If what I said is right, raise your hand. Okay, so Jesus is half God, half man. If, I, if it's wrong, raise your hand. Okay, you guys were right. Jesus, seeing Jesus is half God, half man, that's wrong. He's not Hercules. Now, who wants to explain it for candy as to why that's wrong? Uh, let's go with, let's go on this side real quick. Oh, Tonight, go ahead. Fully man, that's good. Boom. There you go. All right. All right, now, here's another one. Jesus, Jesus is God, but not in the same way as the Father is God. Because the Father is created Jesus to make everything else. Is that, is that, how many of you think that's right? Raise your hand. That the Father made Jesus so that he can make everything else. How many of you think that's right? How many of you think that's wrong? You guys are all right, okay? 
can someone explain to me why that's, that's wrong? Let's go with, how many people have I called on here? Like a few, right? Let's go with Abby. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. I like that. So, here's another one. Okay. Brian. So, now sit down. So, when we think about God, right? God. Let me let me scratch it. When we think about Jesus, Jesus, he is an angel that is over the angels. And I know this because he actually appears on earth. Nobody can see God. Is that right or is that wrong? So Jesus is the angel over the other angels. And I believe that because no one can see God and live. It says that in the Bible. So Jesus has to be like an angel. Is that right or is that wrong? If you think that's right, raise your hand. All right. If you think it's wrong, raise your hand. All right. Nathan, why is it wrong? Okay, but... Yeah, for sure. He's not an angel. <laughs> but people actually believe Jesus is an angel. All right, last one. Last one. And this, one's in the, this one might get you guys. Jesus was able, only be, he was only able to live sin, a sinless life and perform these miracles, be obedient to the Father because he was God. Is that Right? Raise your hand if that's right. So Jesus was only able to live a sinless life. He was only able to perform miracles and be obedient to the Father because he was God. Is that right? Raise your hand if that's right. Bree and Danny say that's right. All right, if you think it's right, raise your hand. All right. If you think that's wrong, raise your hand. Okay. So if you said it was wrong, you were right. But you got to explain that because that's a hard one. It's the wordplay. Am I saying it tricky? That's good. That's good because they're gonna, people are going to be tricky. Someone explain why it's wrong. Uh, let's go, did I ask y'all recently? I did ask Nathan, yeah. Let's keep it, let's go with Hannah. Because Jesus had free will, right? Okay. I'll, I'll count that, I'll count that, I'll count that. Let's go with Liam. He was tempted, right? So that's wrong because God... What, he can't be tempted, yet Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. That's good. Yeah. We're going to ask, uh, did I say that was the last one? I did. We're going to move on. I'll get back to it some more later. All right, so here's where we get into. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and we got to move along a little quickly. Jesus is the Messiah, He's the Christ, okay? Everybody say Messiah. Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ. Everybody say Messiah. Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So when we say Jesus the Messiah, it's like saying Jesus the Christ. And, and I'm going I'm to share this another time. Why do you guys, it's like this. Why do you guys think Paul is named, why do you think Saul turned his name to Paul? It's a trick question, but TJ kind of ruined it a little bit. Just Evan. Jesus changed it. No. Yes. No, that's not quite it, but good try. 
Liam. Not quite, not quite. Yes. No, that's not, it has nothing to do with conversion. All right. It's like imagine if I went to Mexico and I lived in there and I started going by the name Jose. That's how it was. So Saul is just Paul amongst the Romans and the Greeks. So Messiah is just Jewish for Christ. G- Matter of fact, Christ is not part of Jesus' name. Uh, questions later. Questions later. Just remember your question. All right. So Jesus, the word Christ, is not a part of Jesus' name. It's not his last name. It's not like, you know, when he was filling out the census, the report, the census report, he was like, first name Jesus, last name Christ. He was not doing that. Christ is a title. For example, like, you know, President Trump or President Biden. Jesus Christ. That's why sometimes you'll see Christ Jesus. This was a title, and this was a title that people, we talked about this a long time ago, but the Messiah, were, they, people were waiting for someone to save them, a person that was a little bit, yeah, prophecy, that was like more than, than just a regular person. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 17 goes on to say that from the, uh, from the generations of Abraham all the way to David, and then from David all the way to Solomon, and from Solomon all the way to, to, uh, to Joseph, you have all these people that bring, bring uh, that, you know, all these people in this one family line that leads you right to who Jesus is. You see, Jesus is a descendant of David. Who was David again? No, he was the king, right? He was the guy who slayed Goliath, right? And then who was Abraham? He was the guy who had that one son that he almost sacrificed, right? Well, Jesus was a descendant of Abraham, a descendant of, of Moses, a descendant of David. So he's in, the, he's in this long line of people, right, that, that followed God. And they were all told that there's going to be this one person that's going to save them from sin and save them from uh, the evil one. And that was Jesus. Jesus ends up being that person. Now, the gospel accounts record him as, as uh, Messiah. Jesus acknowledges himself as Christ in Luke chapter 5, 24. And the apostles believed him to be Messiah. Now, this is real interesting. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Now, Jay over here, Janiah, she says something really interesting. She said, Jesus is fully what? Man. So get this, this confuses people, but Jesus is fully man. He's also fully human. Jesus had two natures. When Jesus, right, was on earth, he wasn't floating. He wasn't just walking through walls, right? Before he resurrected, I mean, he was doing the same thing that anyone else would do. He ate, he slept, he drank water, right? He did walk on water. He was doing miracles and all that, but Again, that was, that, was not, uh, that was not taking away his humanity, but that was also supporting his divinity and also supporting his obedience to God because in the Bible, people perform miracles like Elijah and all that. So here's the thing. In, in Acts chapter 5, 24, Acts chapter, 5, after, Acts chapter 2, 36, you're good. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and and Messiah. Now, here's the thing. It just said that Jesus, that God made Jesus Lord, right? But I thought Jesus was already Lord. He was already Messiah. Why would God make Jesus Lord and make Jesus Messiah? Now, here's the thing. It's because Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. Everybody say fulfill. So if we go to Daniel chapter 9, let's go to Daniel chapter 9. I'm telling you guys this because you're going to have people in your school, people on the streets that try to convince you that Jesus isn't God. But say, no way. He's Yahweh. Everybody say, no way. He's Yahweh. So in Daniel chapter 9, uh, keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. No, actually go to Daniel chapter 7. Sorry, Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. So this guy Daniel has a vision, okay? And he sees, 
Let's see, is that it? Yep, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, he says, While I was watching, thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his, his attire. Um, oh, that's actually not it. Can If anybody. Oh, there you go. I am right. Okay. Second guessing myself. Verse 13, I was watching in the night visions with the cloud, the cloud of the skies, one like a son of man. Everybody say son of man. Right? You're a son of man. I am a son of man. Y'all ain't sons of man. Your daughters are man. Right? But like, you get that, right? You're human. There's one like a son of man, one like a human. Okay? This guy, and he was approaching the ancient of days. Everyone, the ancient of days is God. And was escorted before him. To him was given ruler, ruling authority, honor, sovereignty, all peoples, nations, language groups were serving him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I, like, swallowed my, my sentence. <laughs> so his authority, his, etern- uh, his, eternal and his eternal and his will not pass away. His kingdom will not be destroyed. So who does that sound like? Who has all authority and all power, all glory? Jesus. Now, this is talking about Jesus. So Jesus, he's this guy, right? He looks human. He's approaching God like in this cloud vision, and God is giving him every bit of authority and power that he has. But there's a problem. The Bible says that God doesn't share his power with anybody. He doesn't share his glory with anybody. He doesn't share what makes him him with anyone. So that's an issue now that Daniel is seeing. And actually, Daniel gets disturbed by this. Jesus, though, makes it very clear that he humbled himself. When he became a man, right, he set aside what makes him great, what makes him God. So we have to understand, just like, just like when I'm hooping with some of y'all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's bad. But like, let's say LeBron James was hooping with some of us, okay? And let's say he was hooping with like Brian. And, and, and you know what he does? And he, he starts to play with one leg and in one hand. And he starts to play basketball with, with some of you guys, okay? Now, here's the thing. Jesus, right, he wasn't playing basketball. He was living as a man. What he did was he set aside all his glory, all the glory that he had before in the beginning, he set that aside, and he became a man, and he lived among us, and he ate, and he drank, and he died. So Jesus, when he died, he resurrected and ascended. When he resurrected, and ascend, when he resurrected, that's when now he receives all authority. That's why he tells all the disciples, all authority has been given to me. So God made him Lord and Messiah because that's the role he fulfilled. Jesus was fulfilling a role. Everybody understand Christ is a role. Now, it's important to understand that Jesus Christ, that's not, that's not his surname, right? That's his title. That's his role. He is Savior. This is big because Muslims will say that Jesus is the Messiah. How many of y'all got Muslim friends and family? This is where you got to trip them up because they'll come to you and they'll say, oh, one plus one plus one equals three, yada, yada, yada. But then you just say, doesn't your Quran say that Jesus is the Messiah? Did you know that the Messiah is actually the savior of people. So that's what you mean right now is you're saying Jesus is the savior. That's how you get people. You have to understand that people try to talk about Jesus, but they don't know what they're talking about. When Jehovah Witnesses say that Jesus is the Christ, they don't think about this right here. They don't think about passages like this. So you have to understand, know who Jesus is. It's important. Last one about who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. So this is important. Jesus is the Son of God. John chapter 1, 18 says that he is the unique God who himself is closest to the Father. So how close was Jesus to the Father? Well, he says it like this, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus made it very clear that he was 
close to God the Father, and he was just like God the Father. And the apostles recognized this. Jesus made himself clear. And Jesus, being the Son of God, does not diminish Jesus' role as God, but clarifies it. Okay? Let me ask you guys some questions. Do we have more candy or no? Okay. You want to throw it, Danny? You got it? All right. So Danny will throw it. Who, if I said that the Father died on the cross for our sins, would I be right or wrong? Raise your hand if I, I would be right. Would I be right? Raise your hand. If I said the Holy Spirit died on the cross for our sins, would I be right or would I be wrong? If I'm right, raise your, raise your hand. All right, if I'm wrong, raise your hand. All right, yeah, I'm, I would be wrong. I would be wrong. Now, why would I be wrong, though? Okay, let's go with let's go with someone who has never answered before. Who's someone that has never answered before? Gab. They're distinct. They're, that's right. Okay, all right, let's take it one more step then. Then if I said, yeah, you can toss it to her. So then who did die on the cross? Who did die on the cross? The sun. There you go. Now, that's perfect. So that right there shows that they're distinct, okay? They're distinct. See, Jesus being the son of God is not saying, oh, he's less than the father. It's simply saying he's doing something that the father, right, sent him to do. The father's not dying on the cross. The Holy Spirit's not dying on the cross. Jesus is dying on the cross for the sake of mankind in obedience to the father and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's raising from the dead. So we have to understand, yes, the Trinity is present, but the, not, not the Father died on the cross, not the Spirit died on the cross, but Jesus. Okay, all right. So we got past the theological stuff. Okay, everyone say, Whew. that's actually my favorite stuff. It's my favorite stuff. I'm, I'm a nerd. But I love it. I love Jesus, right? If you love Jesus, say, I love Jesus. Why do you guys think this is important? Well, a lot of people think this stuff is boring. People fall asleep. People get disinterested. But if I, I I'm going to tell you, I was really one time, I was a basketball junkie. That means I could tell you stats about Michael Jordan from like 1986. I could tell you stats about LeBron, his rookie year. I could tell you plays that you should run. I, I was a basketball junkie. I was so excited about this stuff. I was also like a, a huge, uh, like, fan of like Marvel and, and DC and anime and I could have all these conversations about this stuff. You know, I, I loved sports. I loved all those things. I could have conversations because it was interesting, but it was also important to me. I understood the value of it to me personally. And if you didn't want to talk about it, then I probably wasn't going to talk about talk to you about any of that stuff or about anything in general because I wasn't interested in it. Now, here's the thing. Why do I say that? Because we all have things we can talk about. We all have things we're interested in. And I'm telling you, all that stuff is nothing compared to knowing Christ. And I don't say that to be disrespectful. I just say that to wake y'all up. A lot of the things we're so fascinated with, so obsessed with music. Oh, I was interested in rap too. I could tell you albums from the 90s. I love 90s rap, right? If, you ever, if I ever caught you listening to Drake, I would lose respect for you, right? I would think, you know, you know nothing about music, right? But all that stuff is literally useless in comparison to knowing Christ. It's important to know who Jesus is because guess what? We're actually supposed to be like him. It's important to know who Jesus is because we're expected to be like Jesus. How are you going to be like Christ if you don't know a thing about him? How are you supposed to know what Jesus would do if you never know what Jesus did? Do you understand? If you don't know how Jesus would respond to hate, how are you going to know how to respond to hate? If you don't know how Jesus would respond to mockery, to betrayal, to gossip, to slander, how are you going to respond to any of those things? If you don't know how Jesus would look at women or look at other men, right, then how are you going to know how to look at other women or how to respect other men? I had one guy in my class, he dropped a pencil, I was helping him. And he told me, he's like, hey, yo, pick that up. And I looked at him, I'm like, no, I'm not going to pick it up. You can say, please pick it up. And then after I pick it up, I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to say thank you. And he said, bro, what you want right now, man? 
how you are going to teach a man how to speak. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you know you're in a school and I'm your teacher? But he says, nah, man, a man can't do that to another man. Then I asked him, plain and simple, how does a man learn how to be a man? If a man doesn't teach another man how to be a man, how does that man learn how to man? And then he said, oh, man, through experience. And I'm like, get this. This is the experience now. You don't ever talk to a man like that. This is the experience you just had. Do you understand that how are we supposed to know how to be Christian if we don't know Christ? It's a contradiction. Get this. How are we going to know how to be like Jesus if all we know is Andrew Tate? All we know are these celebrities like Billie Eilish. All we know are people that are literally worldly drunkards and swindlers and liars. We always look up to people that aren't like Christ, and we know everything about them. I get it. I used to be obsessed with this basketball player named Derrick Rose, and I knew when he was born. Man, I knew his. I knew how many. Uh, how many. Uh, uh, what he, what high school he went to. I knew the number jersey he had. I knew like things he liked, right? I was obsessed with him. I wanted to be like Derrick Rose. Of course, right? I didn't become like Derrick Rose, and I'm thankful because he was not someone you want to be like. But the thing is, I wanted to know him so I could be like him. You guys get that? And we have people like that in our lives. We want to know them so we can be like them. But for some reason, when it comes to Jesus... We keep this block. Oh, like that's God. I ain't going to be like God. No one's perfect like God. But here's the thing, right? If you're not like Jesus, then you're like the devil. It's just that simple. If you're not like Jesus, you're like the devil. And if you're not like Jesus, you should have no confidence in this life. You should have no confidence in this life because the minute you slip up, the minute you die, you're done. There's no confidence in your life if you're not like Jesus. Go to John chapter 6, verse 39. You see, it's important to know who Jesus is because we're supposed to be like him. Damon, you're supposed to be like Jesus. Tara, you're supposed to be like Jesus. Right? Abby, you're supposed to be like Jesus. I'm not picking on y'all. I'm just saying, like, we're supposed to be like Jesus. Bree, you're supposed to be like Jesus. Right? Samantha is supposed to be like Jesus. This is important because just because we're your leaders, just because you're a youth, you got that personality, that don't mean jack squats. That don't mean anything. Go to John chapter 6, verse 39. Please, Oscar. John chapter 6, verse 39. See, this is our true confidence. This is what we're supposed to really be aiming for. We're supposed to be looking for. You should be fascinated with the character of Jesus. You should be devoted to being like Jesus. You should see how he acts around people, how he responds to people and say, I want to do that. Right? And it's not easy. It takes Jesus to be like Jesus. That's why you have to receive Jesus. That's why you have to be born again. That's why you have to be a child of God. The only people that are like the son of God are people that are made children of God. But if you're a child of the devil, you're going to be like the devil. It says right here. And this is the, and it says right, no, uh, sorry, 1 John 6.39. Sorry, Oscar. 1 John 6.39, if you want to be a child of God, who do you look to? You don't look to other children of the devil. You look to the one son of God. That's who you look to. So in uh, 1, uh, 1 John 6, uh, 6, 1 John 6.39, are you there? There's no 6? Sorry, 5, yes, 5. Mm. Give me a second. Give me a second. I put the wrong verse. I'm sorry. Thank you, bro. If you want to help me, you can help me. This is confidence. (laughs) You can just talk to your neighbor. Ask them what confidence means. Yes, 1 John 5, 14 to 15. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Keep talking, keep talking. Ask them what confidence is. Okay, so this is confidence. Guys, what is confidence? It says right here, this is confidence. Let's say, that's not even either. I'm just, God... Forgive me. Forgive me. No, that's not it. That's not it. Hold on. 
Keep talking about what confidence is. All right, awesome. First John 4:17. Thank you, God. Everyone pray for me. Pray for me. These lights get real hot when I make those mistakes. All right. First John chapter 4, verse 17. I don't know why I pushed John 6:39, but I did. And I'll figure it out after this. So, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence. Everybody say confidence. Guys, this is important to understand, is that everything we do, everything I do, everything you do, everything you say, everything you intend to do, listen, your thoughts, your intentions, everything is going to come under the light of God's judgment. Get that, because this is really, this is really real Christianity, is understanding that Christ is perfect, and nowhere in the Bible does it ever say don't worry, nobody's perfect. Like, bro, when you realize that, that there's no excuse for your attitude, there's no excuse for your bad habits, no, there's no excuse for your sin because you've been given the gospel, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence. On what day, everybody? On what day? The day of? In this world, we try to be like Jesus. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. In this world, we just hope to be like Jesus. In this world, we have strong aspirations, ambitions to be like Jesus. No, in this world, we are like, we are like, everybody say it like you believe it. We are like, see, if you're not like Jesus, you should have no confidence on the day of judgment. That means right now, if you look in your life, and you're saying, man, I have repetitive sin. Listen, you know, we, we've all sinned. In this book, it says, I write to this so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, right, you have a mediator. You have someone who will forgive you and purify you and wash you. Yes. But then it also says things like this, that the one who is born of God will no longer continue in sin because God's seed remains in them. So there's this idea of continuing in sin. If you continue in the same sin over and over and over again, you're not like Jesus. You're not like Jesus. You're not like the Son of God. You're not like him. And if you're not like him, you shouldn't have confidence. You shouldn't have confidence. Now, I'm not saying, get this, understand this. I'm not saying you shouldn't be like, like a lot of times we have a wrong idea of confidence, right? What I'm talking about is confidence in your life, right? That you are making the right decisions in life, that you are living a right type of life. Because, listen, there is a way that seems right in our mind, but at the end, it leads to death. And many of you, you're going down this, pa this path in life. You think it's right. You think it's okay, but you never once looked to Jesus. You never once said, did Jesus go down this path? And that's the problem. Because Jesus is always the last person y'all go to to figure out what to do. Man, should I be talking to this person? Should I be speaking like this? Should I be looking at these things? It's always you're asking your friends who are children of the devil. You're asking your family who are children of the devil. You're asking your teachers, children of the devil. And you're asking all these people that don't care about Christ on how to live when Christ, the one who gave you your life, is telling you, this is how you're to live. I'm going to show you. Giving you that example. You see, it's important to know who Jesus is in every way because we're supposed to be like Christ. We're supposed to be like him. So if you're not interested in knowing about Jesus... Chances are, you're not like him. You're not like him. But here's the thing. God's grace has been extended to everyone. God's grace has been extended to everyone. The all you have to do, as I said before, is you have to confess him as Lord. But here's the thing. If I can have Daryl to the keys, if we can go to the last slide. I want you to ask yourself this, right? Is Jesus Lord of your whole life or just a part of your life? 
right? Because this is a saying, Jesus is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. So Jesus is either Lord of your whole life. That means Jesus is Lord of your thought life. That means how you think about people, the thoughts that you keep in your mind. Jesus is Lord of your friend group, the people that you keep around yourself, right? Jesus is Lord of what you want to do in your life, the way that you spend your time. Jesus is Lord of your heart, your affections, what you love and what you don't love. Jesus is Lord of it all, or he's not Lord at all. So Jesus doesn't want to be a part-time Lord. He doesn't want to be a Lord on the weekends or a Lord on a Friday. He's Lord at all times. Because here's the thing. If you don't recognize Jesus as Lord now, when it comes on the day of judgment, it will be too late. You see, Jesus is either Lord now, and that day, though, he's not going to be your Lord. He's going to be your judge. He's going to be your judge. You see, when a king would conquer kingdoms, if you didn't surrender, you're getting executed. And when Jesus comes, right, to establish his kingdom, and he's going to make all things right, that's right, he's going to get rid of all the evil. If you're a part of that evil, he's getting rid of you. He's getting rid of you. And that's what we all have to understand, is that in this world, we're like Jesus, or in this world, we're like Satan. In this world, we're like Christ, or in this world, we're like the enemy. We're either with him or against him. There's no in-between. There's no in-between with Christ. We have to be resolved. We have to be resolved. Right now, you guys don't know how to drive, most of you. Right? And if I said you know how to drive and I let you drive, you'd probably die. But listen, in driving, you have to be resolved. You, that means when you go down a certain, when you make a turn, you got to commit to that turn. If you don't commit to that turn and you end up going straight left, straight left, you're going to get smacked by another car. When you're driving, you have to be resolved. And in this life, you need to be resolved. See, Christ doesn't want people that they're putting their hands to the plow. That means they're, they're starting their walk and they look back. Jesus says that's useless. You, <clears throat> when Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't looking back. When Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't looking back and saying, man, I wish I wasn't doing this. When Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't looking at all the disciples that deserted him and said, maybe I should do the same. When Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't looking at all the people crucifying him, screaming to kill him. He wasn't saying, maybe, God, maybe God's wrong. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. When Jesus went to the cross, what he saw was joy. Why? Not because the nails felt good. Not because it felt good to be uh, embarrassed in front of all these people. No, because he knew that that sacrifice, that death would bring life for you, Damien. Bring life for you, Evan. Bring life for you, Vaughn. Bring life for you, Abby. Bring life for you, Lydia. That his death on the cross would bring life to all people. So he saw that joy. But when we see Christ, we don't sometimes see that joy. What we see is boredom. We see rules. We see restrictions. We see things that will keep us back from living the life that we want to live. Keep us back from being the person that we want to be. But I want to tell you, if you see Jesus like that, you don't see Jesus truly. You see, because all the people you're trying to be, they wish they could be Christ. They wish they could be free. They wish they could be, uh, they could have hope in this world. They wish they could be made complete in love. You see, Jesus, he's who you are want to have as your Lord because if Jesus is Lord of your life you can have confidence in this life you don't have to you don't have to be shaky if you're making the wrong decision why because it goes back to Christ you don't have to be nervous if you're living the right type of life because Jesus told you how to live and he showed you how to live you don't have to be nervous and and, and you don't have to fear death get that you don't have to fear death That's a common fear that all people have. But listen, if you come to Christ, you make Jesus your Lord. Jesus, the Lord of life. If I have my altar workers come up, please. If we can go to John chapter 8, 19 to 24. Listen, Jesus made it very clear. There is only one Jesus. You guys don't have your own personal Jesus. That means, Sonny, you and I, we got the same Jesus. Nayeli, you and I, we got the same Jesus. There there is no different Jesus. There's only one Christ. There's only one Lord. 
And this is what he says about himself in, G, in, in John chapter 8, 19 to 24. Actually, sorry, go to John chapter 6, 39. That's where I put it. There is only one Christ. And he makes it very clear about who he is. Sorry, John chapter 10, 38. Jesus makes it very clear who he is. And it's very important that we believe he is who he says he is. It says, What about the one whom the Father set apart, his very own, and sent to the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? Do not believe me unless I do the, uh, you do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. We have to understand that Jesus, Jesus is God. He has this final authority in our life. We have to believe who he says, we have to believe in him as he said he is. There is no other way around it. Jesus is either God, he's either Lord, he's the Savior of your life, or he's not any of that. He's, he's either the most precious, most important thing to you in this world, or he's paperweight. He's trivial. He's useless. You understand that, right? Jesus is either everything or he's nothing. Jesus is not this religion that you can pick up and take down when you feel like it. Jesus is not this guy that you can say, sometimes I believe in him, sometimes I don't. Jesus is either all in or you're all out. When you go to school, you're either all in or you're all out. When you go back home, you're either all in or you're all out. When you're with your friends and they're making jokes and they're saying all types of things, they're trying to lead you away from God, you're either all in or you're all out. And that's something we all have to face today in this room. If we could all stand, please. I want everyone to close their eyes. And I want you to ask yourselves, guys. Are you all in for Jesus? Are you all in for Jesus? Is Jesus Lord of your life? Is he Lord of your life? Think about that. I want you to sit on that. Is he Lord of your life? That means, and get this, a lot of you church kids, who's making you serve God? Is it Jesus or your parents? Who, who's, who's making you go to church? Is it Jesus or your parents? Who makes you lift up your hands? Is it, is it the worship team or is it Jesus? Who makes you read your Bible? Is it your parents or is it Jesus? Because I'm telling you right now, if your parents were to backslide, start believing in some crazy stuff, you're still held responsible for what you believe in. You're still held responsible for what you believe in. Everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to really focus right now. Is Jesus Lord of your life? This is a time of reflection, prayerful reflection. Ask God, God, have I made Jesus Lord of my life? Do I honor him as Lord of my life? Is he my Savior? Is he my Messiah? Next question, are you living like Jesus? Are you living like Jesus? And I'll make it very clear. Are you living in repetitive sin or are you living in his commands? Yoli said earlier 
that this is the law that sets us free. Did you know that Jesus says that my teachings, his teachings, what, he, what comes out of his lips, he says that's what sets people free. And if you hold on to these teachings, then you'll be free and then you'll be my disciples. Are we listening to what Jesus said? Are we honoring his teachings? Because then, then you'll know if you're free. Then you'll know if you're a disciple. Then you'll know if you should have confidence on the day of judgment. If right now you're saying, man, I'm not living like Jesus, we need to backtrack now. Make Jesus your Lord today. Because obviously there's another Lord in your life competing for your soul. Some of you have made yourself your Lord. Some of you have made your friends your Lord. Some of you have made all these, these influences your Lord, and they're competing for the throne on your heart, and you're, you're giving them all your devotion. And Jesus is trying to tell you, no, no, I am the Lord of life. I am the Lord your God who sets you free. I'm the Lord your God who sets you free from these things that are holding you. The sin, the depression, the anxiety that's holding you. The anxiety, the fear of death, the fear of failure, the fear of losing friends. All those things that, that plague the world. Yeah, that's because I'm not your Lord. That's why they're plaguing you. Make me your Lord today. We're going to have a time of worship and you guys have time to come up to the altar. But listen, get serious, guys. Get serious because Jesus sees things, everything that you've done. He hears every word that you've uttered and every word that you've uttered, whether it's a curse, whether it's a cuss, whether it's, it's a lie, a slander, every word that you've said will come under judgment. God, he's that, he's that serious. God is that serious. Calling people stupid, calling them out their name, mocking people, gossiping about people, slandering people. You know, the Bible calls that devil talk. What was the devil doing? He's been lying since the beginning. Some of y'all lie all the time. Some of y'all lied on the way here. And you think Jesus don't care. There ain't no white lie. Jesus sees all lies straight from one source, the devil. And some of y'all need to get that, understand that this is not a game. So as they lead in worship, I want you guys to pray, and I want you guys to really understand and really contemplate what I'm saying. Is Jesus Lord of all? We know who he is. He's God. He's king. He's judge. But is he Lord of your life? Are you living like him? Lord, speak to us. Everyone should be praying right now. Everyone should be reflecting right now. Everybody should be asking God, God, have I made Jesus the Lord of my heart? And I'm not asking you to be sin conscious. But if you sin and don't repent, that's a big issue. If you sin and keep sinning, that's a big issue. That's where you should be really being like, man, what is wrong with me? Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Look at your life. prayer is dismissal but you guys can keep worshiping as I pray but I want to rush you guys out of this place but I want it to be very serious let's have a place devoted to people that are serious about God they want to be in the presence of the Lord now if, if you're saying man Jesus is my Lord I'm good I've been living like Jesus okay awesome but for you that have not been doing that really be honest with yourself take a moment right now to cut all those things off. Throw off everything that's holding you back from, from making Jesus your Lord or, or living like Jesus. Leave it all here. Don't take it back home. Don't take it in the car. Don't take it in the lobby. Don't take it in the parking lot. Leave it right here and let it die. 
Let it die. Father, I pray right now for every person praying, Lord. God, you hear every prayer of a repentant sinner, Lord. Every prayer of a saint that is calling for help, Lord, you hear our cries for help. You don't ignore us. You hear us. You answer us. You incline your ear, God, to hear what's on our hearts, God. Lord, you hear even the prayers that we don't pray, the prayers that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. So I pray right now, Lord, for those interceding, those praying, God, that you would speak to them, that you would change them. Lord, that they would live like Christ, that they would live like the Son of God. Lord, that everyone that sees them would see a light. That everywhere they go, they would be the salt in every place that they go to. Lord, I pray that Elevate, God, every youth in this place, God, would be like you, Jesus. That when people see them, they see Christ. That when people look at them, what they see is a person that loves God and is obedient to God. In every circumstance, even when they're pushed, even when they're tempted, may they choose you, Jesus. Father, have your way in their lives. Have your way in this place. Thank you, God, for your word, Lord. God, may we not ignore your word. May we not reject it. May we not forget it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys.